0: Well, hello, and greetings from a different hotel in Boston from the last time I spoke to you. I'm here as part of a kind of whirlwind tour slash death march through several universities and ultimately through Boss Cone, the Northeastern Regional Science Fiction Convention, where I'm one of the two guests of honor. Um, I'm having a really tremendous time here. I spent the day at Olin College, a, a small engineering college in a, in a suburb of Boston, um, where I was really impressed with the students and the faculty I got a chance to meet. It was really nice. Um, and as I mentioned, I'm here for Bosco and through the weekend. so if you're in the Boston area, I hope you'll drop in and come to one of the many panels and talks and autographing sessions and the coffee clutch and the reading and so on that I'm doing here. You can get the full schedule if you go to CrapHound.com. I'm going to read to you a new story starting tonight. This is the, um, the, uh, the story, I, Robot. Now, a lot of people think I nicked this title from Isaac Asimov, but, in fact, we both nicked it from the same people. We nicked it from Indo Binder, the, the brothers E and O Binder, who wrote under the name Indo Binder, who, um, who had the first book called I, Robot, which, of course, they got that title from I, Claudius, um, and so, in this way, do we stand on the shoulders of giants to see far, um, This story was originally published in a magazine called, an online magazine, now sadly, uh, which has ceased publication, although their archives are still online, called The Infinite Matrix just this year, and it's a finalist for two awards this year, the British Science Fiction Award and the Locus Award for Best Novelette. So without further ado, here is part one of the iRobot podcast. iRobot by Cory Doctorow. Arturo Icaza de Arana Goldberg, Police Detective 3rd Grade, United North American Trading Sphere, 3rd District, 4th Prefecture, 2nd Division, Parkdale, had had many adventures in his distinguished career, running crooks to ground with an unbeatable combination of instinct and unstinting devotion to duty. "'He'd been decorated on three separate occasions by his commander "'and by the regional manager for Social Harmony, "'and his mother kept a small shrine dedicated to his press-clippings "'and commendations that occupied most of the cramped sitting-room "'of her flat off Steele's Avenue. "'No amount of policeman's devotion and skill availed him "'when it came to making his twelve-year-old get ready for school, though. "'Hall ass, young lady!' On your bed, out of uh, out of bed, on your feet, shit shower, shave, or I swear to God I will beat you purple and shove you out the door, Jaybird naked. Capiche? The mound beneath the covers groaned and hissed. You're a terrible father, it said, and I never loved you. The voice was indistinct and muffled by the pillow. "Boo hoo," Arturo said, examining his nails. "You'll regret that when I'm dead of cancer." the mound whose name was ada trouble Acaza de Arana goldberg threw her covers off and sat bolt upright you're dying of cancer is it testicle cancer ada clapped her hands and squealed can i have your stuff ten minutes your rottenness he said and then his breath caught momentarily in his breast as he saw fleetingly his ex-wife's mourning expression not seen these past twelve years come to life in his daughter's face Pouty, pretty, sleepy and guileless, it made him realize that his daughter was becoming a woman, growing away from him. She was, and he was not ready for that. He shook it off, patted his razor burn, and turned on his heel. He knew from experience that once roused, the munchkin would be scrounging the kitchen for whatever was handy before dashing out the door, and if he hurried, he'd have eggs and sausage on the table before she made her brief appearance, otherwise he'd have to pry the sugar cereal out of her hands, and she fought dirty. In his car he prodded at his phone. He had her wire-tapped, of course. He was a cop. Every phone and every computer was an open book to him, so that this involved nothing more than dialing a number on his special copper's phone, entering her number in a pin, and then listening as his daughter had truck with a criminal enterprise. "'Welcome to Exc- Excuse Club. There are forty-three members on the network this morning. You have five excuses to your credit. Press one to redeem an excuse,' she toned one. "'Press one if you need an adult.' Tone. Press 1 if you need a woman. Press 2 if you need a man. Tone. Press 1 if your excuse should be delivered by your doctor. Press 2 for your spiritual representative. Press 3 for your caseworker. Press 4 for your psycho health specialist. Press 5 for your son. Press 6 for your father. Tone. You have selected to have your excuse delivered by your father. Press 1 if this, if this excuse is intended for your caseworker. Press 2 for your psycho health specialist. Press 3 for your principal. Tone. Please dictate your excuse at the sound of the beep. When you have finished, press the pound key. This is Detective Arturo Acasa de Arana Goldberg. My daughter was sick in the night, and I've let her sleep in. She'll be in for lunchtime. Tone. Press 1 to hear your message. Press 2 to have your message dispatched to a network member. Tone. Thank you. The pen-trace data scrolled up Arturo's phone, number called, originating number, call time. This was the third time he'd caught caught his daughter at this game, and each time the pen-trace data had been useless, a dead-end lead that terminated with a phone-forwarding service tapped into one of the dodgy offshore switches that the blessed blasted Unats brass had recently acquired on the cheap to handle the surge of mobile telephone calls. Why couldn't they just stick to UNAT's robotics equipment, like the good old days? Those oceanic switches had more back doors than a speakeasy. Trade agreements be damned. They were attractive nuisances, invitations to criminal activity. Arturo fumed and drummed his fingers on the steering wheel. Each time he'd caught Ada at this, she'd used the extra time to crawl back into bed for a leisurely morning. But who knew if today was the day that she took her liberty and went downtown with it, to some parental nightmare of a drug den, some place where the old pervert chicken hawks hung out, hung out the kind of men he arrested in the burlesque house raids, men who masturbated into their hats under their tables and then put them back on their shining pates, dripping cold disease serum onto their scalps. He clenched his hands on the steering wheel and cursed. In an ideal world, he'd simply follow her. He was good at tailing, and his unmarked car with its tinted windows was a UNATS robotic standard compact number 2, indistinguishable from the tens of thousands of others just like it on the streets of Toronto. Ada would never know that the curb-crawler tailing her was, a, was her sucker of a father, making sure that she turned up to get her brain sharpened instead of turning into some stun-ad's doper with her underage butt hanging out of a little skirt on Jarvis Street. In the real world, though, Arturo had 30 minutes to make a 40-minute downtown and crosstown commute if he was going to get to the station house on time for the quarterly all-hands social harmony briefing, which meant that he had to be in two places at once, which meant that he had to use the robot. Swallowing bile, he speed-dialed a number on his phone. This is R. P. Robert, McNichol and Don Mills Bus Shelter. "'That's nice. This is Detective Icaza de Arana Goldberg, three blocks east of you on Pecola. Proceed to my location at once. Priority urgent. No sirens.' "'Acknowledged. It is my pleasure to do you a service, Detective.' "'Shut up,' he said, and hung up the phone. "'The rp robot police department—robots—were the worst, programmed to be friendly to a fault, even as they surveilled and snitched out every person who walked past their eternally vigilant, ever-remembering, electrical eyes and brains.' the RPs could outrun a police car on open ground or highway. He'd barely had time to untwist his clenched hand from the steering wheel when R p Robert was at his window, politely rapping on the smoke glass. He didn't want to roll down the window, didn't want to smell the dry, machine-oil smell of a robot. He phoned it instead. You are now tasked to me. Detectives override. Acknowledge. The metal man bowed, its symmetrical, simplified figures pleasant and guileless. It clicked its heels together with an audible snick as those marvellous, spring-loaded, nuclear-powered gams whined through their parody of obedience. Acknowledged, detective, it is my pleasure to do— Shut up you will discreetly surveil 55 Pecola Crescent until such time as Ada Casa de Arana Goldberg, Social Harmony Serial Number 0 mdy 2 t 3 leaves the premises. Then you will maintain discrete surveillance. If she deviates more than 10% from the optimum route between here and Don Mills Collegiate Institute, you will notify me. Acknowledge. Acknowledge, Detective. It is my he hung up and told the Unat's robotics mechanism running his car to get him down to the station-house as fast as as it could angry with himself and with ada whose middle name was trouble after all for making him deal with a robot before he'd had his morning meditation and de-stimmed session The name had been his ex-wife's idea, something she'd insisted on long enough to make sure that it got onto the kid's birth certificate, before defecting to Eurasia with their life savings, leaving him with a new baby and the deep suspicion of his co-workers, who wondered if he wouldn't go and join her. His ex-wife. He hadn't thought of her in years. Well, months. Weeks, certainly. Minutes? Minutes? She'd been a brilliant computer scientist, the valedictorian of her positronic complexity engineering class at the UNATS Robotics School at the University of Toronto. Dumping her husband and her daughter was bad enough, but the worst of it was that she dumped her country and its way of life. Now she was ensconced in her own research lab in Beijing, the kind of runaway positronics that made the loathsome robots of UNATS look categorically beneficent under her thumb. He itched to wiretap her, to read her email, or listen in on her phone conversations. He could have done that when they were still together, but he never had. If he had, he would have found out what she was planning. He could have talked her out of it. "And then what, Artie," said the nagging voice in his head, "arrest her if she wouldn't listen to you?--march her down to the station house in handcuffs and have her put away for treason?--send her to the re education camp with your little daughter still in her belly? "'Shut up,' he told the nagging voice, which had a robotic quality to it for all its sneering cruelty, a tenor of the syrupy false-friendliness of robots. He called up the pen-trace data and texted it to the freak squad. They had bots that handled this kind of routine work, and they texted him back in an instant. He remembered when that kind of query could take a couple hours, and he liked the fast response, but what about the conversations he'd have had with the phone cop who called him back, the camaraderie, the back-and-forth?' Trace terminates with a service virtual service circuit at switch png.433 GKRJC. Virtual circuit forwards to a compromised zombie system in 9th District, 1st Prefecture. Zombie has been shut down and local law enforcement is en route for pickup and forensics. It is my pleasure to do you a service, detective. How could you have a back and forth with a message like that? He looked up 9th first in the metric to analog map converter Key West, Florida. So there you had it, a switch made in Papua New Guinea, which persisted in conjuring up old Oceanic war photos of bone-and-nose types from his boyhood. Even now that they'd been at war with Eurasia for so long, it was hard to even find someone who didn't think that the war had always been with Eurasia, that Oceania hadn't always been UNATS's ally. Forwarding calls to a computer that was so far south, it was practically in the middle of the Caribbean, hardly a stone's thrown from the Kafta region, which was well known to harbor Eurasian saboteur and terrorist elements. The car shuddered as it wove in and out of the lanes on the Don Valley Parkway, barreling for the Gardner Expressway, using his copper's override to make the thick, slow-traffic part ahead of him. He wasn't supposed to do this, but as between a minor infraction and pissing off the man from Social Harmony, he knew which one he'd pick. His phone rang again. It was R.P. Robert checking in. "'Hello, Detective,' it said, its voice crackling from bad reception. "'Subject Ada Trouble, a de Arana Goldberg, has deviated from her route. "'She is continuing north on Don Mills past Van Horn, and is continuing towards Shepherd. Shepherd meant the Shepherd's subway, which meant that she was going farther.' "'Continue discreet surveillance.' "'He thought about the overcoat men, with their sticky hats. "'If she attempts to board the subway, alert the truancy patrol.' "'He cursed again. "'Maybe she was just going to the mall. "'But she co- but he couldn't go up there himself and make sure, "'and he and it wasn't like a robot it would be any use in restraining her. "'She just second-lawed into letting her go. "'Useless, castrating, clanking, job-stealing, dehumanizing.' She was almost certainly just going to the mall. She was a smart kid, a good kid, a rotten kid to be sure, but good rotten. Chances are she'd be trying on clothes and flirting with boys until lunch and then walking boldly into class. He ballparked it at an 80% probability. If it had been a perp, 80% might have been good enough. But this was his Ada. Damn it. He had ten minutes until the social harmony meeting started, and he was still 15 minutes away from the station house, and 20 from Ada. Tail her, he said, just tail her. Keep me up to date on your location at 90 second intervals. It is my pleasure to. He dropped the phone on the passenger seat and went back to fretting about the social harmony meeting.